0: This is episode 632 of the AWS podcast, released on October 23rd, 2023. Welcome back to
1: the AWS podcast. I'm your host for today, Jillian Ford. And if you're planning out a migration to AWS, or you're currently modernizing your application in AWS, and you're not really sure where to either get started, or you just want some advice from experts within AWS on this topic? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. There's a really exciting program that we have called the Experience-Based Acceleration. And I've got two experts on this very topic who are going to share with us what this cool program is all about. And also they'll give you some advice on mapping out a migration if you decide that you don't want to go through this process. So let's do some intros. Bilal, I want to kick things off? Thanks, Jillian.
2: I'm the EBA lead for North America, and I'm based out of Toronto, and I've done hundreds of these with our customers.
0: Perfect. And Rugved? Thank you so much, Jillian, for having us over. I'm Rugved Gargil. I'm a senior solutions architect based out of Toronto. I primarily function on the WWCS, which is our worldwide commercial sector. In my day-to-day, I just work with customers to help them in their cloud journey. I'm so glad to be here, I'll be honest. Awesome. I mean, both of you have such
1: diverse experience on this very topic, and I definitely want to make sure that regardless of where people are at, they're able to get some takeaways. So let's first start out for those who have started to map out a migration, but maybe they'd just love to hear some advice from both of you. So what are the things that they should really scope out? We obviously
2: wish there was an easy button for migrations, and if there was, we would hope you pushed it. But to be successful in a migration, you just really need to think about a couple of things you should understand where you are in the journey and recommend you do some sort of assessment with AWS to just figure out where you're doing well and where you need to improve on. That'll really help you plot your path forward. When you're thinking about getting ready for the migration, you got to make sure that your foundations on AWS are set up for migrations. Do you have an environment where you can migrate your workloads considering your security, governance, networking, and multi-account strategy needs? Have you thought about using services like AWS Control Tower Importantly, do you know how to use AWS migration services like AWS Application Migration Service or AWS Database Migration Service? Do you have an idea of the order of workloads that you're going to be thinking about and how you're going to be transforming those, whether it's refactor or rehost? And finally, it's important that you set a few milestones around your migration Just like when you're setting an important date in your calendar, it's important that you don't move it. Think about how you're gonna use those important dates to set deadlines so you can start moving and migrating your waves of applications. If you pick these time slots and bring people together who are needed for the migration and work with a focus, it'd be surprised how much you can actually get done through your migration through these kind of activities.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot there that really goes into a planning. All right. So I'm sure there's people who are listening to this and they heard you talking about Control Tower and database migration service. And they were probably like, oh, my gosh, there are so many things that I didn't think about that go into a migration. I need help. And clearly your team can really knowledgeable on this. So for those who want some additional help here, what is the experience based acceleration program? Yeah, Experience-Based Acceleration, or EBA, is
2: really focused on helping our customers build hands-on, agile approaches to their journey, including things like migration. When you experience an EBA, we deliver them with you through these multi-day customer workshops, and we call them parties, and they are fun. There's a famous quote um, that Andy Jesse has said, is that there's no compression algorithm for experience, and we believe that. Customers you know, like SAP, uh, Baker Tilly, the Bank of Montreal... I've all spoken about how EBA has helped them. If you looked at these workshops, you'd see you know, our customers and the builders, architects, operations teams working alongside AWS to deliver working solutions and outcomes in days, not months. And lots of customers over the last five years have delivered EBAs from startups to the largest enterprises, really changing the way they work. And as I mentioned, EBAs are fun. They're parties. We've done EBA themes like Lord of the Rings. Halloween costumes, the Super Bowl, 80s music. We want to make sure you're working hard, having fun, and making history.
1: I haven't heard of a single customer that actually refers to their migration as a party, and I'm sure other people can relate to that. Like, wow, that just sounds way more fun. I think it would just be way more effective I mean, you show up in costumes and go into the console. I love it. <laughs> what does it actually mean for a customer's journey into AWS?
2: We want to make sure that you're able to leverage... The EBA across all parts of your journey. If you're new to AWS, we mentioned you should use EBA early to make sure you can get your first workloads deployed and operated and feel comfortable and build that migration muscle you're going to need for the rest of your workloads. And as you're building that muscle, we recommend you think about doing more and more. So we've used EBAs with customers and have delivered hundreds of workloads in in one of these events and parties, which is amazing. Uh, And then as you're continuing to get more value out of your AWS journey and you're thinking about things like modernization, you can use EBAs to decompose monoliths and transform them into modern applications. And thinking about optimizing of your costs, there's ways to think about EBAs and FinOps together as well. And finally, with the launch of Generative AI, we've had customers leverage services like Amazon Bedrock and deploy their first working Generative AI application in days through EBA. EBA fits really well within our migration acceleration program. Um, so we encourage our customers to learn about that and make use of it. And finally, we really focus on the people aspect as well. EBAs are about building bonds between your own team, right? So bringing customers together and working towards a common goal, which a lot of times you don't have a chance to do because there's so much going on in your business.
1: Yeah, this is so interesting. Rukved, is there anything that you'd want to add here That from what you've seen in your experience?
0: Now this may sound like an essay or a solutions architect answer, but to be honest it depends on what stage of the journey the customer is at like do they have an end goal that they are working towards or are they in the middle of a migration and they're stuck at a particular workload or they haven't scoped out the migration correctly for dependencies and something along those lines and that's where eBAs actually come in and help you and like Bilal said previously there's so many AWS services that can enable the customers to have a smoother journey in aws it becomes overwhelming sometimes and when you have a component of eba or experience based accelerator added onto it you get people or smes from aws come and work with you and when they do that you actually have someone to lean on to figure out some workarounds that you can put in place to overcome that particular task and that's how i think customers actually benefit from it I've worked with customers who have gone through an EBA for a three or four day period and they've adopted the entire operations. Like we like this, we're going to adopt it and we're going to run through our migration using this. There are customers who are like, okay, we need to deploy a certain workload or modernize a certain workload. It's difficult to get everyone on the same page. It's difficult to get a time slot from everyone because everyone is busy. What EBA does is you got three days, everyone is dedicated on that one outcome. And you hammer it up
1: i love that you really get the experience of people within aws who've been there done that before and just the fact that you're really setting a schedule and a road map I mean, it helps people to be able to actually get it done instead of oh this is something we want to be able to do and then people put it off but you've got really just more collective people who are really going to help be able to accelerate it so i'm sure a lot of people are listening. They might be wondering, how long does it actually take to go through one of these processes?
2: Your journey with EBA usually takes a few weeks, between four to six for the most part. Really, we want to know what's important to your business, and we get really crisp with you around what a really meaningful goal could be and how we could accelerate it. Once we align together with you on that goal, we want to make sure we work backwards on when you need it by, which is uh, two key parts. Now we know your goal and when you need it by. The EBA is really about building teams that can accomplish that goal. Think about a hackathon, but instead of everybody working on their own initiative or own cool problem, we're working together as a team across this goal. So we'll build out planning and execution around that goal through teams that can make their own decisions, whether it's migration, modernization, or use of the AWS cloud platform. And that's basically the planning. And the execution is actually the three-day event where people come together and get that work done. Rugved, what about some
0: of the planning our customers do around uh, EBAs? First of all, it's important to scope out if I need an EBA at that point, right? Then the planning aspect comes into picture. What I usually do or what I work around along with my peers to do is you can't just have an EBA for the sake of having an EBA. Let's have a defined goal. And then because we work backwards from the customer, customer success is important to us at AWS. And that's where we start scoping out the EBA. Now, this might be, I need three people from network team. I need five people from security team to be on board in different shifts or different days, because we have to make sure that it stays consistent for the three to four weeks or the duration of the EBA.
1: So let's go back to what actually happens in the ABA. I mean, I know, Bilal, you were saying that you call them parties. So people are like, all right, are we wearing costumes? What are we actually doing during these parties? If
2: you walked into an EBA, you might be a little confused what's going on here. You'll see AWS and our customer coming together in a space, in a physical space. You'll see tables, these kind of two pizza teams where teams are focused on their individual goals, but lining up to that big goal we aligned on early in the EBA journey. It's super high energy. There's nobody watching work getting done. Everybody's focused on work and actually doing work. One of the tables is important. Within an EBA, you'll see like a central table. And that's usually where somebody from the customer who's leading this EBA and somebody from AWS who's leading the EBA are, are sitting together as a team. We call that the command center. Teams can use that table to unblock a problem. We, we love learning about where teams are getting stuck. So if you're trying to move data from on-premises to AWS and you're stuck, like let's say it's taking you 15 minutes, well, we ask you to come to the command center and ask for help in real time. And we'll try to work on a solution or another way to solve that problem that you might not have been thinking about. And That's really exciting, right? Uh, We want to make sure you're always moving forward towards the goal. It's loud for sure. You'll hear things like cowbells. We'll play some music. We want to make migration and modernization and generative AI fun. So it's definitely loud. We make decisions really fast, right? We don't have all the data to do a perfect architecture and vet every way of working. We want you to try things. And if they don't work, try something else. It's really about these two-way doors. They're open, right? If a part of your company who's not part of the original plan wants to come and participate, they can do that for sure. And I want to just say, it's really just about getting that work done. It always ends with a demo on the third day or the end of the party. It's my favorite part of the EBA. It's a little emotional for everybody because you've been working so hard as a team around this goal. It's really about showing the pride in your work, demoing the code that works. You're not failing ever. It's just showing what you got done, which is super important. So a lot of fun and really accelerating your goals. And yeah, you'll see people in costumes as well, Julian. (laughs)
0: And one thing that I like about the central table or EVS in general as an essay is fail faster. A lot of the times what happens is for the sake of this discussion, say you are in the middle of a migration or you're working towards a goal, but your entire sprint or your entire journey is stuck on some decision to make. Because you have everyone in one room, you can either reprioritize it or you can have a workaround in place where, okay, if we need to get it done, do we need the entire thing to get done to make it working? So that allows you to reprioritize your end goal or other steps towards your end goal. And the second thing that lets you do is fail faster. A lot of times we are stuck at a place where we are like, should we do it? Would it fail? Or should we not do it? What happens if we not do it? And that kind of plays a big part on making a decision to move forward. So with EBA, what we allow our customers to do is, it's okay, let's take a leap of faith. Even if we fail, we know at least we tried this way. And then we can cope up that particular approach next time we incur the same problem, because we know it's not going to work.
1: I love how you all thought about making it fun and really collaborative. It sounds like a really exciting opportunity. So after the they finish the EBA, can you tell them what what actually happens afterwards?
2: Sure. First of all, sleep. I mean, it's it's intense. Uh, you need a little bit of rest, but in a good way, right? AWS will definitely share the outcomes. Um, we'll measure the tasks and objectives we accomplished. And we'll also share what we didn't get to do together, right? I think that's important because it's important for you as a customer to know what didn't work. And, and those are the things that are probably preventing you from hitting some of those big goals faster and with more velocity. It's important for you to continue to pivot and learn about where you can improve. In terms of EBA, we have had customers kind of make EBA part of their ongoing work, whether it's migrations or modernizations or other new innovation initiatives. They, they really embrace that fun way of working. And somebody at the customer says, I want to lead EBAs, which is amazing. And then some of our customers are just running them all by themselves, which is fantastic. Uh, We always want to do more with you. And EBAs are a great way to discover
0: what's continually important to your business and
2: helping you uh, be successful with AWS.
0: Right. And I actually have a great example for this. I was part of an EBA where it was a modernization EBA. So they wanted to move away from monolith to a microservices architecture. The first thing is what we did is scope it out does your actual architecture need to be a microservice architecture? Would you benefit from it? And once we knew that, okay, you would benefit from it. We scoped off a timeline that, okay, this is going to take maybe X amount of weeks or months. How about we shrink it down to a certain number of days and then the customer and the account team, we work together to scope out the plan and, We didn't get the entire application from monolith to microservice, but we got a good chunk of it done to lay the groundwork, like Bilal said during the initial conversation, to lay the groundwork of, okay, this is what's working, this is what's not working. So when we hit a roadblock next time, let's not focus on what's not working. We know what's working and we have that reference. So that kind of, as the name says, accelerates
1: really exciting. So what happens though, if a customer doesn't have enough headcount to actually go through an EBA, how will you be able to help them?
0: So it's true. A lot of times people can commit. You don't have enough headcount in the company. You are a small time startup. You don't have enough people to commit to an actual EBA. And that's where you talk to either your account team or your solutions architect or a point of contact at AWS. And when you scope out an EBA, I'll let Bilal elaborate on this further, but AWS will get on experts on your team. So for the sake of this conversation, let's say you're doing a database migration, AWS will have infrastructure, security, networking, and database specialists on call with you to guide you through. And from not having enough hands on deck from the customer standpoint, I'll let Bilal expand on it a little bit further.
2: Yeah. We've definitely seen some really great results with our AWS partners delivering EBAs for those for our customers as well. So it's a really great way for you to scale up to achieve those goals and still have fun in terms of that journey. But for sure, our partners are an important part of our journey as is AWS Professional Services. We always want to come together to help you achieve your goal as a customer-obsessed company.
1: Love it. And I got a question for the people who really, maybe they're not going to go through an EBA, but they are going through a migration. So what are the three things that really can help anyone that's planning a migration based off of your experience from going through these EBAs?
0: Well, the first thing I would say is scope out your entire migration. And by scope out, I mean, look at the most minutest details that you think you have checked, but check it again. Because somehow, somewhere it'll come up and that will end up being a blocker. That's the one thing that I would always highly recommend the customers to do even if you have checked it checked it again the second part i always encourage the customers to do is document whatever you found out document it because sometimes somebody goes on vacation somebody quits and you don't want that knowledge to go or be on vacation you want a central repository where you're like okay this was found in the scope and this was the problem this was the solution that we documented that's one of the second things that i would do during a migration planning and number three is work backwards set a date like Bilal said. Set a date, commit to it, and start working towards it. But from an EBA standpoint, I think Bilal has done more EBAs than I have, so it'll be great to hear his perspective on it.
2: Yeah, it's important, as you mentioned, Rugvit, to understand your readiness from a technology and people and process perspective, whether it's learning how to use migration services or making sure your environment's ready for workloads. I think it's also important to think about why you're migrating. Are you looking for benefits like business agility? Are you looking for a better total cost of operations on AWS or improving your downtime? So those are important things to know early and then validate. And, and then if you want to experience the, the value of them, doing things like an EBA like within your e- migration is important. As Raghav said, set a date, set a goal, do the work and see if it's giving you the outcome you want. And if it's not, adjusts. It's a really great way to pressure test what's working and what's not working and, and learn to move faster.
0: Yeah, it all boils down to, I'll add into what Bilal also said, it all boils down to how fast you want to get there and how AWS can add value or the CBA can add value to getting you there faster. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is you've told us what date you're working with. You've told us where you are at this particular, for this example, of migration or a modernization. And where do you need help? And that's where AWS fits in the EBA, where we are like, okay, we understand what the pain points are. Let's accelerate this. I love it. This is a really exciting
1: opportunity. And I'm just so glad that at least people, maybe if they don't go through it, at least they've got some more clarity from both of your experience on EBAs. So how does a customer, if they want to go through it, how do they get started? What would you recommend? You can
2: definitely speak to your AWS account team and ask them about EBA. They'll be happy to connect you on how to get started or visit the AWS homepage and click on Contact Us. Uh, that's another way. And finally, if you'd like to see how our customers have experienced EBA, we can definitely put some links in the in the blog about some successes and how they've accomplished those goals faster through EBA.
1: Amazing. Bilal, Rukved, thank you so much for being here on the AWS podcast.
0: Thank you, Julian. Thank you so much, Jillian.